Hey, you guys, this is your Knockouts World Champion, and you are listening to Tights and Fights. Tights and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. Hey, podcast, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blew my mind. Hey, podcast. And that's all I'm doing. I'm not doing any more. <laughs> Anyone listening to this at home knows I don't Hooray. sing. You know I don't. You were fantastic. Do this. Stop, please. Thank you, Hal. I mean, it's not 1999. This is not my school production of Oliver. Like, we don't go back there. But I did it for a very special reason. We have a very special guest who we'll introduce in a second. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity it deserves. I'm the Linza Circle, Lindsay Kalk, and I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, the Lubl Influencer. I'll take it. <laughs> Al Lublin. It's all pictures of my meals and outfits. <laughs> I insist. Follow him on TikTok, you guys. Danielle Radford should be able to join us later, but do you know who is here right now? Our special guest. She has been a champion across multiple companies, including the WWE and Impact Wrestling, and you recently saw her as part of the 2022 Royal Rumble. in the WWE. No stranger to the high stakes and the high pressure of the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania for that matter. Mickie James knows full well what's at stake right now. And listen, listen to this place. She's also a multi-hyphenate, a million other things, which I spent all of yesterday checking out. So thank you for that. It is the one and only Mickey James. Mickey, Hi. thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. That was very nice. Thank you so much. Oh, it's what yes. we're here for. We're yeah. just here to hype you up. We're hype men today. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. <laughs> it has been a busy few months for you. We're just going to dump straight in. We have a ton of questions for you. You have won the knockout championship for the fourth time. You successfully defended said championship. You made headlines by bringing said championship to the WWE Royal Rumble, which is amazing. And we were very excited. We did a whole episode about how much we love you, which is, I mean, I recommend going back and listen to it if you really want to feel good about yourself. (laughs) I like to feel good about myself. I just say, yeah, you're having a bad day. Go listen to a podcast about how great you are. Um, I recommend it. But because of that, we really, really, really want to know, um, can you tell us a story of how that came to be, how your appearance in the Rumble came to happen? Yeah, honestly, I think that Johnny, Johnny Ace, he reached out to Scott first to make sure that if he was to ask for a specific talent or anything, if it would be okay with impact, if they were, if there was an arrangement that needed to be made on a business level, because it is corporate structure and stuff. Scott reached out to me to even see before he even had, you know, of course, Impact and WWE have worked together in the past when Ric Flair went in the Hall of Fame and Christian Cage came over. And there's been those open door kind of relationships in that sense. And yeah, he came to me and asked me if I'd be interested. And because of so much stuff that has transpired, like I was grateful. I was like, yes, like especially if we can create these all these other little things and make these moments happen this then yes, because it was, I just felt like that closure and I just had such an amazing career there and worked with some incredible women. And I felt like it all got overshadowed by this other Mm -hmm. thing. And it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair to my career. It wasn't fair to their careers. It wasn't fair to all the stuff that we did together to have like all these like historic 
moments kind of get overcast by this other thing. And I'm like, I don't want that to be my last thing. The last thing that the fans remember me for, even though it was a powerful thing and I'm not sorry uh, because it's put in a really strong change across the board. I don't want that to be the last thing that the audience just remembers of the the legacy of Mickey James, you know, and to be able to go back and do this monumental thing and to be a woman. And since it hasn't been done since what Dan Severn and Jeff Jarrett, I mean, that was so long ago, but of the modern era of the modern age and to have a woman do that, obviously my history at both companies, my loyalty to both companies, it was just a good piece of business. And I think it was good for wrestling and not just women's wrestling, but it was cool to be a badass babe and do it. Just no offense. No, I, I have a question about that. Um, <laughs> the experience of, of coming out at the Rumble, because uh, you're someone who you, know, you talk about about how you're remembered. And, and every time you've appeared, especially in WWE TV, the crowd, like not only you remembered, but you are uh, celebrated people. Uh, you know, it's, it, you can't forget what you've done and what you continue to do. So when you came out for for your entrance at the Rumble. And and people knew you were coming. How did that feel? Was it different than other than other times that you've maybe returned? What what was that experience like? It was different, and I think because it was everyone, and it was different from the vibe backstage. And there were just as many people who wanted to see me win and go like, "Oh, this is going to be awesome for wrestling or whatever." There was a lot of people saying, "There's no way in hell, like she's out of her mind. There's no way that she's going to be hardcore country. There's no way that they're going to let her bring the title on the thing. There's no way." that they're going to do all of these she's going to get come in and get thrown right back out over the top what is she doing she's an idiot like she just wants to get embarrassed one more time kind of thing there was a a fair amount of that i was like wow it just shows it really goes to show people's mindsets on things right and how they think but i of course i'm like i no. i feel in my heart like i've made an agreement and i think that these are the things and it's going to be an awesome night and so when there was those levels of the WWE audience had never seen hardcore country. And it was something that I always wanted to present to them. It just, you know, we couldn't get it to make sense or whatever. And for the first time they saw hardcore country, Mickey James, and they heard the music. And it also kind of proved my point that hardcore country, Mickey James ended up in a WWE world would have been really freaking cool. Yeah. And so then there was that moment, but then also to come and then to jacket and then to show that there, I had the belt with me. And this the knockouts belt. And then for them to say that on top of that is the knockouts world champion, you know, and then that like it was layers to the reactions, because I think that as you know, you go down. I was so amped up too. like I would I couldn't celebrate because I was just had all these things in my mind. Like I couldn't celebrate until in the moment as it was really happening. I'm just in my mind all day, like waiting for a shoe to drop of anything because you just never know. You just never know. And it worked out. I could not have asked for a better moment i couldn't have asked for it to be bookended with coming in with michelle and then ending with lita two women who have but have so much history with as well and i felt like i did a really great job of like representing the championship and the women who have held that championship and that division the knockouts division but also to remind people of who mickey james is and the legacy that she has there as well so it was just a good night and it was a good night for wrestling because now all those things that people were like, Oh, these dream matches that they never thought possible. You never know. 
Everything's possible. Yeah. Everything's possible in wrestling. Um, one of our favorite things about this year's Women's Rumble was the storytelling. There was such just an intense mass of layered stories that went back literally decades. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk to us a little bit about that? You mentioned coming in with Michelle. I had personally put out into the universe for you to punch her in the face with the belt, but that's just me because I was watching back then. Yeah, I was like, all I need is just for Mickey to hit her in the face with the belt and say, have that pig cake. And that's all I needed. I'm so sorry I disappointed you because I didn't hear the face with the it's belt fine. per se, but I did hear face. Like you say, there's always time. So <laughs> Maybe next time. Maybe right? next time. I thought it was bookended perfectly. I mean, 2010, my last run in WWE was the, you know, with Michelle McCool and Layla and, and Vicky Guerrero and the whole Picky James storyline. And that storyline really, you know, elevated them and put them in that like real next leveled up, like monster heel type of role, yeah. like the mean girls of the locker room kind of thing. Sorry, Piggy James, we warned you. But that was the last thing you saw from me in that first run. And then I, you know, you go through and then obviously I had a chance to mix it up with a lot of the other girls, but I was in Lita's, I retired Lita on television, what Survivor Series. Like I was that whole like one arm tied behind my back and the blindfolded match and all of that stuff where when I finally became victorious over her and retired her at Survivor Series, like that was a huge moment i think it was a huge moment for me too because i had always wanted to wrestle with lita because she was so special to me in the entirety of my career and everything that she did so that to be able to retire her was like a really full circle special moment and obviously she's come back because nobody ever really retires in wrestling sure. but you know what i mean like it was really cool so for her to end up eliminating me i was okay with it I mean, I wasn't because I wanted to win. Of course. So now I'm not at WrestleMania, and I really had liked the idea of champion versus champion at WrestleMania. But again, maybe next yeah. year. I have a question for you because you I mean, you're such an important part of both the history and the present of of women's wrestling. What kind of responsibility do you feel right now at this current time, where you have all this incredible stuff? that you've done and more stuff on the way. Where do you see your place right now? What kind of impact do you want to have in this moment? I hope that I inspire the women, you know what I mean? Inspire them because when I when I first broke in, they pretty much told me that like the longevity of a female in this business was five years on television. Like you would have a five-year run. So whatever it is, like make sure you make your money and, and do your backup plan, right? And I feel like there's been a fair amount of women, myself included, that have proved that old philosophy wrong. And, um, you know, that it, you are really, you can really do, like, especially now, we can really do it all. We can come back from having babies. It's not like you're done with wrestling once you have a baby or a family. Like, we can do so many things. And now, you know, the, it really is limitless, the possibilities, because we're allowed to do so many more matches. So, but... I hope to be able to help, you know, the future and kind of guide them and maybe make it a little easier and a little safer for a long time. Like even, and I'm grateful for, I was trained by pretty much all men, right? Like uh, that was all my trainers because there weren't a lot of females who had made money in the business and were wrestlers that could then lend a hand to the future talent. 
Now there's an immense amount of those women who have been there, who have made money, who know what it takes, you know, as a woman in the industry to really carve out and make your mark and make yourself unique and to make money because at the end of the day, it's a business, Mm -hmm. right? Right. That's the cool thing is like, and I think that mentorship and, and I wish I had had that, like, I'm super grateful for all the men, but there were sometimes there was these things that they couldn't really relate to because they don't understand that world. And and even from a storyline perspective, you know, we've only watched wrestling since it's, you know, pretty much since the birth of it, since the beginning of time, we've only seen wrestling from a male's perspective or, and women's wrestling from a male's perspective of what that right. looks like. So to have more female voices, strong and, and, and women who do know firsthand of how to create those stories and create that magic that is unique to a female audience, that is unique to our LGBTQ plus community, because those men don't necessarily how to speak. And I feel like that's where we kind of lost a, some of that core audience and we had the women fall off is because we weren't talking to them. We weren't speaking to them. And so yeah. you need people in there to speak to that community specifically, you know? So 100%. maybe I can be that lady or one of the ladies. You are already a one Got of those vote. ladies. One so of those ladies. <laughs> I, feel, I feel really good about it. Okay. One of the things you mentioned there were matches that women can have now versus the matches that women used to be allowed to have, she says in inverted commas. Um, I would love to know, are there any matches you would still love to do? Are there, is there anything that's still on your checklist? Oh, God. You know, I say like there's the ideas of all these matches, but when I was preparing for the Texas death match, like mentally and physically, and I've been doing uh, been doing this wrestling thing for a minute, um, and it hurts a lot. You know what I mean? Like it took me a week and a half, I feel like, to feel human again after that match, like to feel like a normal human being. So those things, um, you know, I think of, uh, like a kind of like a pure rules match would be cool to have, like something like that more because – I think the technical wrestling, although I do know how to do it, I've always been a performer and an entertainer. Mm -hmm. So I've always leaned more to that. Not that I didn't, I have had, you know, trained underneath some of the best in the world. So I do know how to do it. I just, you know, stylistically go a different way. You know, I've been in cages. I've done hardcore matches. I was the first woman in a clockwork orange house of fun match um, way back when with a, with Jeff Jarrett, you know, like (laughs) uh, false count anywhere, Last knockout standing. Ooh. Pretty great. Pretty That'd be great. I, like that. That'd be I wouldn't be mad about it. Yeah. Is Intergender something you are interested in? You know, and, and this is my old school process, but I, first off, there's so many incredible women out there right now that I haven't wrestled yet. Yeah. And I love and support and lift up women's wrestling. So I want, I would like to wrestle a lot of them. Um, I still like the idea of when told, right, when the story's told, right, with intergender wrestling or whatever. It is fun. And and maybe that's just the type of story I like to tell. I do appreciate watching, you know. Hello. Oh, I'm so sorry. I really <laughs> genuinely apologize. I um, don't apologize. It's all good. My yeah, my my laptop broke. And so I've been using a loaner for a show I was on. And today uh-huh. was the day that they decided that my loaner was no longer going to work. Well, your glasses are fabulous don't talk to me about fabulous mickey james we're not gonna <laughs> wait 
you no, do not talk to me about fabulous. Like I can't even handle it right now. This is how ADD I am. I just completely forgot what we were talking about because I was distracted by your beautiful glasses. You absolutely can't do this to me right now. <laughs> intergender wrestling. Yeah. You nailed it. I remembered. We asked you about yeah. intergender and you nailed yes. it. Yeah, nailed it. yeah. I mean, I do. I do appreciate it. I'm watching like Jordan and Matt, and I'm thinking, oh, this is cool. This is awesome. And but I've always done it from the perspective of if my husband, which he would never do, who is you know, 250, 60, 70 pounds. I don't know why he's, he's, he's going to be mad that I don't know his act ways. Don't <laughs> tell everybody how much was to punch me in the face. I would probably be knocked out. I would probably be really hurt. You know, fortunately for me, he doesn't do that because I would also, I would also hurt him very badly once I woke there you up. Go. <laughs> and that's, what's important. Well, I, I would duck obviously because I'm yes. quicker. I'm faster. Yeah, quick as a cat. Yeah, but I do appreciate it. Like it's really cool, and I think that those things are. I, I feel like a lot of things are. That's the beautiful thing about wrestling, and it's a form of artistry, right? So mm-hmm. there yeah. are acquired taste. I don't love hardcore matches. I find them very difficult to watch. Yeah, but there is an audience that appreciates that, and there's also good workers to be able to tell those stories within those matches. Like you yeah. know what I mean. So as long as you're. Uh, you know, doing the art of telling the story and not just going out there and doing moves for no reason, yeah. then sure. I love it. I like it. I, oh, I like it. If you love it, Mickey James. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have a, I always like to ask this question whenever I get a chance to talk to somebody who wrestles professionally, because the divide between we're in the, we're in this age and we've been in this age for a long time now with the quote unquote smart fan, just the fans who have access to rumors and whatever information and the curtain mm-hmm. has come down in some ways, but I always think and concede that fans don't even know a fraction of what they think that they know. So I'm curious for you as a performer, what is one thing that you wish fans understood or knew about wrestling that would make it not only better for them, but better for you? Nothing. Oh, really? You're fine with like It's cool. Like in the sense of there's nothing more that I want them. I don't want them to overanalyze it. Like you don't go to the movie theater. You don't go there to watch, you know, I don't want, haven't been to the, like the movie theater Mm -hmm. in a long time. So please forgive me, but you don't (laughs) go and then go like, well, did he really do that? Was that, you know, you think you could really do that in real life or any of that. You don't second guess it. You come to the show, you enjoy the show. You allow yourself to get lost in the night and to get lost in the stories and to get lost in those moments. You don't sit there and nitpick and question it to death. Um, But there's that and everything from, people who go to the museums to look at the art and they'll nitpick, you know, Van Gogh to death. And you're going like, what, 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 what? <laughs> it, it really is because it is. And I say that, that it is an acquired taste because it's a form of art. And so there mm-hmm. is certain things that you, your taste prefer over other things, but it doesn't mean it's right. And I don't think from a corporate standpoint, it's a smart move to cater to those specific fans because they're such a minor portion of the whole audience that if you start to cater to those people that you lose the casuals, you lose the little kids that are coming with the parents who just want to have a good time and watch wrestling who and those kids. will, if you can, you know, you, you make them a fan of wrestling, then will be a fan of wrestling for life, you know? So it it is cool to have like a match or, or, or people that kind of cater to that vein, because obviously they are there and you need to talk to them as you do it, any, any group of people. However, I don't think that 
you know, you should make that your focus because it's really a small that they really are the smallest portion of fans. Mm. The only difference is, is they're the loudest on social media. Right. Yes, they are. You know, like yes, a casual fan is not going to sit there and tweet about the match that they hated and why they hated it and who should be booked there instead. The casual fan is just going to be like, cool show in Raleigh, North Carolina. Thanks at whoever. That's literally all the casual fans. Sure. Do. So you, we don't see as much of that on social media because those are the people that aren't like rapidly formulating an opinion. And that's also the thing of social media is that everybody can have an opinion and, yeah. and be heard. Whether they should or not. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to tag you in it because they really want you to see it. They really want you to see it. Yeah. I am just in love with the idea of Van Gogh having trolls. <laughs> like, yeah. just, like back in the day, walking around and someone walks by and like, I could do that. Yeah. I could totally see the brush yeah, Nice self-portrait. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh god they've always been amongst us they've always been amongst us yeah i would love to talk to you about nwa empower um we all watched the show we all loved the show we did a whole feature on that too it was such a wonderful wonderful evening um an amazing experience will there be another can you can you let us know will it happen again say yes i have talked to billy about it about and that was always the original plan is to do it at least an annual event up to the anniversary show. So mm-hmm. I still have to, I've been so slammed because obviously I'm the champion right now, as you see. I heard yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I got some questions about that. Too, a, but um, I mean, <laughs> we had heard that probably, possibly, probably more than likely been talking about that for two bucks. Two's for very about it. <laughs> it's so pretty. Oh, love it. I do. I love it. And then I slap it a lot yep. like that. So I can let it know, <laughs> you know, and then I like to shove it in the camera's face like that and say, take a look at it. It's so, that's it's what it's so all about. shiny. It's so, shiny. It's so cool. No, it was an incredible night. And I, and I hope that we can do it again. I hope that it's just the beginning of so much more stuff, period, to come. Um, and, I, and I'm really grateful for that. I was grateful for Billy to give me the opportunity and to trust me to take the reins and really just kind of put me in charge of a lot of that. Um, and then to be able to lean on the other companies and and to use Billy, obviously talk to Tony and, and use that relationship to do have Camille on AEW, but then my history and my relationships with Impact to be able to do so much there and have Deanna and Melina, a match that I was so excited to see, but then do all that and kind of go into Mm-hmm. It is great. It was just great. And it really showcased, I felt like every company coming together and, and really showing that their women's roster matters to them and, to, uh, you know, have this one night, whether it's annually or whatever, but to have this one night to, you know, highlight their ladies and, and to show that, that, that they matter. And, uh, we're all on the same team here and it was great and it was beautiful. And I couldn't have done it without my, you know, my team and without jazz and Medusa and Gail and, you know, it was cool. And it was cool to have women making those decisions and putting those matches together because it's not something that you see. So do you still watch a lot of women's wrestling from other companies? So, you know, what's happening in AEW? what's happening in WWE? I try, I try to, I try to, um, I don't know if you're aware. I have a seven year old. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a seven-year-old and a belt. I mean, you're lot. very busy. You're very busy. And I, although we have more than one television in the house, they all seem to be his. So, um, <laughs> what is he watching? What's he into? What's the seven-year-old? What's his... um? We're really, we're really into it. We go through phases, sure. right? So Thomas, Thomas, um, will forever live as 
probably the greatest one sure. ever. Um, we're super into Blaze in the Monster Machines. Oh, yeah. We're super into Peppa Pig. Yes. Oh, like, everyone loves Peppa Pig. Everyone Peppa. loves Peppa. The stranglehold that pig has on the youth yeah. of today. I know. <laughs> That's what I, know. I think it's the family interactions and with the other families and then, you know, yeah. the fact that they all fall on the ground and snort and fall on the ground and just start giggling <laughs> at the end of every episode. Or I don't really... I'm like, oh, but I'm not mad at it because I'm like, well, at least it's teaching him proper grammar because he could be watching more American cartoons and then he'll sound like he's from Virginia, yeah. like me, and sounding like his husband, my husband. Uh, all, first yeah. of all, you got to stop saying that sounding like you sounds bad. Sounding like you sounds like honey over every piece of toast I've ever had. <laughs> oh, hmm. I love honey too. Secondly, I have to know this. I'm sorry, I have to ask. I, I, I've loved your time and impact. I loved before you went to WWE and then after. I gotta ask you. I have to ask you about the train. The train? I got shoved in front uh-huh. of? <laughs> I'm, oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I have to ask. It looks like the train's pull up. What train? My train? <laughs> Is that your phone? No, I don't think so. You sure? I think your phone's ringing. No, James, look. Oh, it's not I my phone. I got the same phone. <laughs> Boy, that's a long way down. (laughs) It was one of those things where I go like, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going. Okay. But I remember shooting, even James was like, well, this is weird. Like, what, how do you come back from this? I was like, I don't know. I just died. I'm like, Kenny, you killed me. Right. Um, Yeah, it was weird. But we shot that behind the common station which is where the old tna headquarters were mm-hmm. there was like a big train yard behind there and there was this like little trolley which i guess used to be a food truck or something and they obviously had the back out and they threw a mattress and we did the whole thing and yeah it was great television people still remember it it was great people t- certain people on this podcast yeah. like to remember it frequently i, I just i think it's <laughs> the funniest fucking thing that's ever happened to me i'm sorry like i think it's, it's like the fall the fall into the it's so good and and that, like that's like look like that's what all of these things wrestling movies tv whatever you do there are always these moments where it's like okay this is like a really funny weird moment that wouldn't be able to happen in any other art form right oh no and so yeah. like it doesn't that moment doesn't take away from any of the performers but it is one of those moments where it's like I just need to remind you that Mickey James survived getting thrown in front of a train. And that feels really yeah. important to me <laughs> that you survived being <laughs> thrown in front of a train. And here's my thing is like, clearly I thought that was ridiculous when I looked at it and I go, okay. I was also on my way out of the company. I think at the time, anyway, I was kind of like as ridiculous <laughs> as it is. I said, every moment, no matter what it is, you can either kind of take it and go like, oh, this is crap or whatever, and then just kind of half-ass do it. Or you can go like, oh, okay. And then you try to make it gold. No matter what it is, you have an opportunity if you're given that television time to make it and create it and make it gold. And people still remember that stupid train thing as ridiculous as it was. (laughs) Here's the thing. As ridiculous as it was, I was just like, here's the Okay. Here's the thing. I was hit by a bus. Literally me, myself, Danielle Radford, not a character, was walking down the street and got hit by a bus. 
So Mickey oh James getting hit by a train. And I have one of my best friends was hit by a train. And so like, as ridiculous as that was, it was also like, goddamn, yeah. Every woman I know who's been hit by a giant piece of machinery has survived. Like it, it, it right. weirdly, like it's one of those things where it's like, it's not even because I had that experience of again, literally a bus hit me in my body. I woke up in a gutter. That storyline actually kind of was like, hell yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what we do. We get hit by a train and then we I have a quick follow up from Danielle. I, I I unfortunately have to go very soon, but I didn't realize you had a friend who got hit by a by a train. Should I be avoiding all forms of public transportation? So I feel like we've known each other for a while and I've just been lucky up to this point. Four years. Yeah. Well the scariest bit for me is that my son is obsessed with trains now. <gasps> oh, oh no. <laughs> do you do you, you hear the, the opening song yeah. to Thomas and just like we have- shook? Back in fear. Can I just explain to you that the amount of wooden train tracks, like obviously we have every version, the track masters, we have Lego trains. The amount of wooden train tracks (laughs) and trains that I have upstairs in his room is enough. And I know this per experience to make a track through every room upstairs (laughs) to go all the way and to live upstairs for a solid two weeks before I'm allowed to take it down and sweep the floors. Oh my God. So that's amazing. Have you, have you done this on social media? I have, I have tagged it once. I I don't put a ton of Donovan stuff on social because you don't want to put your kid on there, but I very personal. I'm a personal person. It's hard because it's like, I'm a very personal person. Anyway, he wants to be a train engineer. And he's already told me, and I asked him if I could go on trips with him. And he said, yes, and I could stay in the caboose. And I asked him if it was okay <laughs> if I made the caboose like a tiny studio apartment and, um, you know, just kind of made it the mommy boost. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. But, you know, daddy's going to have to stay with you. And I was like, well, just <laughs> I was like, that means he's going to be, he's going to want to add oh. modern decor. I want to do French country. I just don't understand. What a magical place to leave this conversation. Thank you so much, Mickey. We, we have to have you back. We have a million more questions for you about a million course, other things. Of course. We'll have links to so many of Mickey James's projects in our show notes. And hey, while you're there, find our Facebook and Twitter account where you can shower her with even more love. She deserves it. More love for Mickey James. More love for Mickey James. When we're back, we've got three things from wrestling that you should know about. That's up next on Tights and Tights. Bria, what's your reader wheelhouse? A woman on a journey, space, post-apocalyptic roads, and magical food. Mallory, what's your reader wheelhouse? Werewolves, haunted houses, weird fiction... And uh, books set in Florida for for some reason. We're Reading Glasses, and we want to know what your reader wheelhouse is. We can use it to help you find more books that you love. And avoid books that you don't. So whatever you like to read about and however you like to read it, we want to help you read better. Reading Glasses, every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Congratulations, you've won a ticket to attend an exclusive opportunity in a relaxing environment with two lovers. Wow. Well, this sounds like a sort of proposition of sorts, but really it's an ad for our podcast. Wonderful. It's a show we do here on Maximum Fun where we talk about things that we like and things that we're into. I'm Rachel McElroy, and you just heard Griffin McElroy, and we are excited for you to join us as we talk about movies and music and books. Things like sneezing or the idea of rain. (laughs) Can you get news or information you can use? 
Absolutely so. you cannot. Because we're here to talk to you about pumpernickel bread. You can find new episodes on Wednesdays. So catch catch the wave. Dice and Bites Podcast. Dice and Bites. Welcome back to Tights and Bites. I'm Lindsay Health, and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. That's you. It's you with the pretty glasses. You shut That's up. You. Mickey likes my glasses. Mickey likes your glasses. Mickey left. So now we can talk about her and say how much we loved her and, and giggle behind her back. I love her so much. I can't even. The whole time I'm literally like holding my cheeks like a little anime girl. Like I can't Proud of you. It. Proud of you. Proud of us. Do you have Proud any idea how, how much stuff Mickey. I didn't say? Ugh. I do. Yeah, I actually do. Um, anyway, this week we are going to end the show by sharing some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Danielle, what you got? What you got? All right. So um, this was a banger, banger week for AEW. And um, we've talked about like how MJF is obviously MJF and amazing and uh, his thing with punk and the way that worked. But I also want to talk about, and I don't know if I've actually put this, put him over yet, but I should. Eddie freaking Kingston. I, we all know Jericho is a legend, no matter how you feel about him or how you feel about where his wife might've been on January 6th. So it's kind of interesting to watch him get so fully completely blown out of the water by a promo you know and so his promo last week is just amazing and it's everything that you want and again it is such a great example of the difference between like an older school promo and a newer school promo and eddie kingston just cannot be denied so here's his promo from last week give me the chris jericho that blood buckets in tennessee let me get the Chris Jericho that got respect from one of my heroes, Senru, and war and wrestled out there. Give me the Chris Jericho that turned WCW upside down. Give me the Chris Jericho that uh, your close friend Levesque hated. Give me that. Just really good at his job. Turns out. Turns out. Really good really at his good job. job. Do you have anything you'd like to put over this week, Maximum Fun? Uh, do you have anything you'd like to add to the mix to give us a, three, a full three count since Mr. Halbert had to leave us? So there's been a, a bunch of uh, a talk about wrestling video games lately, especially with uh, 2K22 coming around. And this might be this is kind of an unconventional thing to put over, but I'm like I know a lot of it's it's really common to be like ah the way the games <laughs> used to be is so much better than the way they are now. But I, I do think it's still fun to like look back on the memories of the games that you used to play and talk about and you know look at them honestly. And my favorite ones that I played when the GameCube and PS2 era came around, everybody else was playing SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, or uh, you know all, all those ones that were only on PS2. I was a kid with a GameCube, and I played WWE Day of Reckoning 1 and 2. Those oh, games baby, I was a GameCube baby. <laughs> I loved it. They were like, they're very... Um, the production values aren't as good objectively as the PS2 games, but I feel like seeing how they managed to do it where like there's all these other WWE franchises rolling around and they still managed to make a game that was unique and was fun and had a really good match flow to it and was just like, like it, it felt like a fighting game, but with submission moves and stuff like that too. And I really, really loved it. I think they nailed the tone. So go back and look at some, uh, some old gameplay videos of uh, Day of Reckoning. If they are not giving you 
a legal option to do it, I would never recommend that you go out and find the files for it somewhere and play it but however you can. I would never Julian, suggest you do that. Life finds a way. If I learned nothing else from Jeff Goldblum, and do you know what? I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot from Jeff Goldblum, but I've learned that life finds yes. a way. Maybe so. make a dinosaur and the creator wrestler. I don't right. know. What can exactly. you do? Exactly. <laughs> we have a dinosaur wrestler. It's a wonderful time to be alive right now. <laughs> um, speaking of wrestlers that are wonderful and alive, um, I want to talk. I'm going to round out the three count by just sobbing into my microphone uh, and telling you how much I love Cesaro. And I just, that's all I want to do is I just want to say for about four minutes Cesaro, 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 Cesaro. Cesaro, 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 Cesaro. Um, he's he's left. He has quietly exited contract negotiations from reports. I mean, we are recording this a little bit in the past, so stuff may have come out by now. More details may have come out. We may know where he's going to go. We may know what he's going to do. Um, but this is not about news. This is about celebrating which is quite frankly one of the greats. I don't care if he hasn't had the championships that say that over and over around his waist. That man is one of my favorite wrestlers. He is one of my favorite people to watch. He is one of my favorite people to hear. I think he is great on the mic and it always annoyed me that he never got enough time on the mic. He was one of my favorite people ever to interview because he was just an absolute fucking charming, articulate kind man he was so generous when i spoke to him i also spoke to him and seamus together and that was in its own special magical moment of just joyous friendship there is nothing negative i have to say about this man and i am choosing to celebrate and hope that this means he's going on to something fantastic and wonderful and amazing whatever it is i don't care if he wants to go back to switzerland and open a coffee shop i hope it's the greatest thing that ever happened i'll go i will go to switzerland Mm. Um, hopefully he will swing me when I get there. I, I love him. I love him. And now all I'm doing is putting him over and saying how much I love him. I love him, you guys. He speaks five languages. Switzerland's greatest export. The greatest. The greatest. Watches pa, chocolate, whatever. Give me Cesaro. <laughs> give me, 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 give me. Claudio. Yes, please. Um, the, the idea of the Swiss swing Swiss miss, I am losing it. Oh, we could be in a tag team with him. He could be the Swiss Superman and we could be the Swiss Miss and it would be amazing. <laughs> the Swiss Miss. Drink my hot chocolate. <laughs> yes. Yeah, drink my and we Swiss Miss hot chocolate, Swiss Superman coffee. It's all there, people. It's beautiful. Follow the red line, sheeple. It's all there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, except for the fact that I would obviously be the uh, um I would not be the Naomi of that funk is on a roll. Um, I would clearly <laughs> But we would have a great yeah, time. time. Now I'm just imagining our opening dance routine for, for I guess he'll go back to being Claudio again. Uh, and I'm I'm down for whatever he does. I don't care whatever or he does. Aunt. I just love him yeah, so much. just do something. And I'm really, really excited. Uh, but I just wanted to, I'm sure we'll do a main feature on him very soon. Probably. Uh, but I really did want to just give him the moment he deserves mm. and say, yes, sir. Thank you so much for everything. Thrilled to see what's next. Uh, and that does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. What? This week your hosts were me, Lindsay Kelk, also Hal Loblin, and Daniel Radford. I turned that around because I'm a narcissist. I put myself You first do what you do, babe. I wasn't looking at the script properly. You guys, I did a hosting. I did a hosting. Uh, it turns out you're really <laughs> so good at a hosting. Exciting. I don't know if you... Well, did they, did everyone knows that, though. 
Let's not go too far. Shut up. Anything our listeners should know about Danielle Radford? Yeah, same as always. I am working on comic books and other books. You can buy them. I will tell you when to have those. Watch Honest Trailers. I've worked on a couple of episodes of some TV that might be coming up, and I'll let you all know when that happens. Just if you want to know about Danielle Radford and the business of being Danielle Radford, find me online. I try to plug that that stuff as much there as I can when I'm not having existential dread or head dread or world dread. So, yay. Yay. (laughs) You can find me online doing much the same. I had some real fun existential dread and I treated it by watching um, the old videos of One Direction on X Factor because I never saw that. I was living (gasps) in America and I never saw it. And I was like, look at these young scamps, these earnest young scamps. It's not wrestling, um, but it it will treat your mind. Uh, (laughs) I recommend it. I recommend it. Um, Our producer is the shadow of the setting pun. Julian Burrell. Why would why would you make me say that, Julian? That was not cool. That was not okay. Don't make me pun for money. <laughs> not your pun whore. Our senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Find links to all of our social media channels in the show notes. Go follow those tweets from Julian. Get get on that Twitter and see Julian's fire tweets. They're Yo, Julian has been on one. Spicy takes. It's been spicy real takes. Good. And I second all of them right now. They are very good. <laughs> They're very good. If you love what we do, remember to hit those five, five, five stars on Apple Podcasts. Share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to the MaxFun members who make this show possible. And we'll be back next week for, you guessed it, more wrestling. Tides and Bites Podcast. Tides and MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported